0: This album is dedicated to all. Brothers and
1: sisters! My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Yeah, hop, hell, hop. This what I'm talking about, y'all. Is hip-hop. It's hip hop. It's hip hop. It's hip hop. hip hop. hip hop.
2: The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming. The words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons.
3: My name's Malia Lazu, originally from Honolulu, Hawaii. Barack Obama stole my whole story. I have a white mother. I'm from Hawaii. (laughs) Right now, I run the Future Boston Alliance, which is Greg Selko's charity, who is the founder of KarmaWooch.com. And I've been doing philanthropic branding, working with people like Harry Belafonte and other cultural folks um, for quite a while. that being born in 1977, hip-hop was sort of growing as I was becoming more aware of culture and and culture around me. So Salt and Peppa for me were like these awesome, kick-ass women. They, They were in charge of themselves, you know, like you saw that they were in control of their bodies, of their minds, of themselves. They were very strong and I remember Watching them and just wanting to sort of like imbibe that energy and in many ways I think that they sort of gave me a strong Like a way to do womanhood that I was really happy to, that I had and that I feel actually sad for a lot of young women now who may not have had the same type of strong women in music the way we did with, you know, I mean, everyone from Moni Love to Salt and Peppa. Push It for me was like this fun song around owning your sexuality and just being a a really strong woman. women rappers and the power that they have that made an impression on me. And so I was able to become a woman and have a sense of who I was outside of my sexuality. The women that are out there that I'm seeing now are just so over-sexualized. Having control over your sexuality is very different than Using it the, the way it's being used now, you know and, and I just feel I'm heartbroken. I mean, as much as like we had to go through you know and AIDS and you know and all of this, these girls now I mean it's like they just don't stand a chance, you know I mean for a while, the sexuality was just different. We need more of them you know I mean they were the only ones who could have done let's talk about yeah. sex. So. But I will tell you that I begged my mother to let me chop my hair like that, and she didn't. And so I just did it myself, and it was all kinds of bad. Thank God there are no pictures of that.
2: Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things. Talk about things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about... Sense. Let's
3: talk about sex. Let's talk about sex for now. To the people at home or in the crowd, it keeps coming up anyhow. Don't decoy avoid a make void the topic because that ain't gonna stop it now we talk about sex on the radio and video show many will know anything goes. goes let's tell it like it is and how it could, could be. be how it was, was and of course how it should be those who think it's dirty have a choice pick up the needle press, press boy or turn the radio off will that stop us Pat? I doubt all it. right then come on
4: spin let's talk about sex.
3: so growing up in Hawaii is as awesome as you think it would be, but there's not a lot of context for the hip-hop that was coming out of the East or West Coast. We had gangs, we definitely have poverty, but we don't have the amount of violence and the same type of institutionalized corruption, not in the same way, you know, being the last colony and all of that. So when hip hop first came into my life, it was like a story of the mainland, which is like what we call over here. Um, And it was fascinating. There was a very romantic notion to it. And it wasn't really until I got into high school and started reading the autobiography of Malcolm X and the books that The music I was listening to was telling me to read. I understood that what had happened to the Hawaiian people and what was happening in Hawaii and what we were fighting about around sovereignty, you know, it was a similar story, if you will. I was really lucky in the sense that a lot of people from Hawaii, their whole family is from Hawaii and that's their life. But being that we ended up in Hawaii because my father was in the military and my mom's from from Jersey and my father's from Harlem and so I would spend the summers in New Jersey and New York and I would listen to the radio there and I remember like recording tapes and like bringing them back to Hawaii for like my friends to hear because again we're so isolated even Los Angeles is 3,000 miles away. For me, growing up, was very different. You know, a lot of the traditional power, if you will, the institutional, the state power, is run by people of Japanese descent. You have a lot of local Hawaiian people who have been done dirty, very much like the Indians here. It's like we have all the same stereotypes just for different races. So I grew up not being a minority. One of the reasons why my mother stayed in Hawaii, you know, after my parents got a divorce was because it was like we would go to the mainland and all of a sudden it would be, what am I, right? What am I mixed with? Which one of my parents is white? Which one of my parents, you know, like, and in Hawaii, you just never had those conversations because the average person is like Filipino, Portuguese, and Japanese, you know, or Thai or something. Everyone's mixed and not with the tradition American ingredients. (laughs) It was just, it was very like different, and you could probably say much more based along class lines and how the races in Hawaii, you know, tie to to those class lines. So, you know, like the gangs, like you always would hear like, oh, it's Filipino gangs. You know, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, a majority of Filipinos I know and knew were very nice loving people, you know, but it was like those kinds of, the races were different for those kinds of prejudice.
2: I'm discussing this, a what's co Cold profiling, spent a little while in the Hawaiian Islands. Off the plane and hospitality came correct. A gang of balloons placed around my neck. Bathed by the sunshine and the seas of pearls. Banned by tan skinned, beautiful girls. A twitch of a grass skirt caught my eye. I said, Aloha, baby, we like, you're looking. My name is Jazz and she did amaze me When she said the rapper gave me And my partner JC My witness wasn't she stacked Wasn't she bump and slammed And working so be black She said I'd love to stay and chat But I'll see you at the luau Won't that be nice now? Later on we can examine each other more closely
3: And by the way, my name is Sophie By the time I was born and like being raised My father was out of the military You know, I wasn't brought up on base I was brought up Living with the other poor people of, of Hawaii, you know, so I was a local girl, I didn't have any problems. My mother, funny enough, bought me the autobiography of Malcolm X and introduced me to Angela Davis to sort of like talk to me about gender and race. Which, as a white woman, I you know, she felt that like she had to bring in another experience as well. For me, growing up in Hawaii, the Rodney King riots, like uh, these moments that created the person that I am today doing what I do today. Hip-hop was sort of like my analysis and my, you know, political analysis of, of what was happening in my country and then eventually around us to a certain extent because of things like crack and different things that just eventually came to Hawaii because of it was a part of the American culture or U.S. culture. Me.
1: Back. Caught you looking for the same thing. It's a new thing. Check out this I bring. A below the roll, a lower level. Cause I'm living low next to the base. Come on. Turn up the radio. They're claiming I'm a criminal. Yeah. But now I wonder how. Some people never know. The enemy could be the front guardian. I'm now a hooligan. I rock the party and clear all the madness. I'm not a racist, preach to teach the teacher op- all-Cause something never had. Number one, never want to run about the gun. I wasn't licensed to have one. The minute they see me, fear me, I'm the epitome of Public Enemy. Use the abused, without clues. I refuse to blow a fuse. They even had it on the news. The reason
3: why I chose Public Enemy, they
1: were visually more
3: the type of like militancy. But the show that they put on, I think more reflected the anger that I had. Don't believe the hype was like, you know, it was like this wake up, right? Like, you know, we had Reagan, we had the D.A.R.E. program that tried to get you to like turn in your parents if they smoke pot in your house. And we really were redefining what America was. And we were allowing Lee Atwater and Ronald Reagan and Goldwater, and we were allowing them to define what was morally correct, and what was the answer forward. I mean, in a way, we were kind of like that first generation that was reacting to the quote, unquote, success of the civil rights movements, whether that be women, Vietnam, segregation that was happening, and black people and poor people were under attack. And, you know, I mean, literally, the, the country declared war on them. And it was like this, clarity like this being told like shit's going down that's not
4: that is unacceptable
1: yes was the start of my last jam so here it is again another death jam but since i gave you all a little something that i knew you lack and so consider me a new jack all the critics you can hang on my hold the rope but they hope to the pope and pray it ain't dope the follower of Farrakhan Don't tell me that you understand Until you hear the man Don't book up the new school rap game Writers treat me like Coltrane insane Yes to them but to me I'm a different kind We're brothers on the same mind Unblind, caught in the middle end Not surrendering I don't rhyme for the sake of riddling. So claim that I'm a smuggler Some say I never heard of ya A rap burglar, false media We don't need it do we? It's Vegas what the media did.
2: Robby King was
3: very powerful for because don't, don't, this idea don't, don't that people were still being targeted, being treated differently, right? A black man's life is cheap in America. That pissed me off. Working for Harry Belafonte for a lot of years, what I learned by watching him is that there are times when you need to become more angry. I mean, even Gandhi said that he would choose a people fighting back versus an inaction by a people. Anger is actually an appropriate response to the ongoing police brutality that is happening and to the response to crack being introduced into poor neighborhoods. Don't Believe the Hype by Public Enemy was a song that gave me permission to feel what I was feeling, which was something very different and something that needed to reject this police state capitalizing of, of the criminal justice system that, that we were doing. And still are doing, I should say.
1: Don't believe the hype, it's a sequel. As an equal, can I get this through to you? My 98 booming with a trunk of funk. All the jealous punk can't stop the dunk. Coming from the school of hard knocks Some perpetrate They drink Attack the black Because I know they lack Exact the cold facts And still they try to the Xerox The leader of the new school Uncool Never played the fool Just made the rule Remember there's a need to get alarmed Again I said I was a time bomb
3: Okay so In this is daytime, hilarious radio But my first piece of activism Was against my white mother And my white stepfather boy, and, uh, So I told them that we had to segregate the house because my mother couldn't raise me to be a strong black queen. And my mother, without skipping a beat, said, what does that mean? Which I had not thought through, you know, like I was just angry. I had my African medallion around my neck. Like, I just knew that like, what were these white people doing raising this like black radical? I was like, well, I have to eat different foods. I can't eat pork. And You know, and meanwhile, I love bacon, right? You know, I was young, right? I was, like, taking on my identity and putting it on and trying it on for size. And so my mother said, well, great, the rent's due at the first of the month. We'll just split it 50-50. And I was like, Mommy, you have to provide me housing. And my mom was like... Honey, I don't want to oppress you. I joke and I say that my first movement was destroyed by my need to sell out to the man for my allowance money and
5: Why, sure. Back before we were born, they sold us out. Yeah, Jay Jackson, we know what you about. He's a slave mason, not a Freemason. Before long, the daughters Tiamat through hip hop will be saying Don't stop me, because I'll be the Fraud, oh my god, never in your life you should disrespect an artist. Instead, focus your attention on astronomy and the up and coming, shifting the economy. If you can't do that, then need the final call for free Mumia out the wall. The first actual the movement
3: that I was brought into was the Mumia movement. I went to Emerson College here in Boston, and my freshman year we drove to one of the protests. And That was, like, my first real city protest. Like, I had done some Hawaiian sovereignty work, which was much more about, like, just squatting on lands. This was the first time that the action was around a person who was not necessarily responsible for the crime he was being accused of. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be... Woodward and Bernstein, and I saw journalism as a way to be able to, like, fight the man, I guess. But I realized while I was in school that I wanted to be an activist, that journalism was such an important role in movement and in telling our story and defining humanity but that it was not for me, you know, like this whole being unbiased, and these types of notions were not necessarily what I wanted to do. You of,
1: know, I wanted to fight actually just fight My so, rap style changed like Rodman's hair. It's acrobatic representing Square. Hell yeah. Where you can hop on the red line and catch me at the Middle East ripping holes to those who headline. The winters be stone cold like Steve Austin. But I promise my heart will never leave Boston. And that's the bottom line because acro say so. Intimidating when my bitch change up like Pedro. I'm a when I was I'm a in sophomore home. in college, I'm I started, back,
3: even I'm started a nonprofit. At I'm Emerson, they're very big on internships. You need an internship your sophomore year. And Emerson's very expensive. And so I was working full-time, going to school full-time, and I needed a full-time internship. And there was just sort of like no way that, you know, there, there wasn't that many hours in the day. And so... At the time, my first friend in Boston is acrobatic. He and I were talking, and he was like, well, why don't you do a local concert? We could get some sponsorship. You could get paid as, like, the producer, and we could register people to vote, and, like, that could be your internship. I thought it was, like, this great idea. And so I got approval at my college to be able to do this. And then I went to City Hall to get a permit to be able to do a concert in Boston Commons, and they were like, oh, we don't give permits for hip-hop concerts. And that's when I learned that Boston doesn't allow hip-hop in the city. I think it's, like, really funny, 10, 12 years later, I've sort of come back to Boston, and am now running this cultural organization that's still fighting the fact that Boston is so parochial and paternal when it comes to hip-hop and, you know, culture of like, black yo, and brown bro, yo, people. for you on
1: strength, man, mm. no what's yeah. you mean Guru, dog? Yo, what, what you
4: mean, what's what's up? Up?
1: He be thinking he from Brooklyn or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, no, nah, it ain't like that, you know, see, yeah. see, what's up, man, these kids, you know, they don't realize, like, man, me and him, we started Gangstar mad years ago, and when we was, we was in Boston trying to get our shit on, man, you know, Boston wasn't giving us no love, you know what I'm saying? And plus... He took it more serious than me, all you know, right. so he broke out went to New York. The nigga didn't have no dough, no nothing. He just had a car and some gear, you know, and he went as a Boston nigga. All right. All the way, man, you know what I'm saying, to New York, you know, where, where he wasn't even getting no love there, but he felt he could make it. He believed himself so much. That's why that nigga, I get, I get mad props. I love him.
3: That's one of the reasons why Guru never gave Boston love, you know, like acro talks constantly about what a struggle it is to stay in boston and do hip-hop and groups of black people coming together is not welcome in boston it's like they're not nuanced enough to get that like if you're going to an acro show you're not getting into a fight you would have to put down your backpack
0: Here's the reason that I've been upset for a while Cause if you're black you get life But if you're white you're on trial, ain't nothing to it Just like that Chuck Charles Stewart They're always claiming that the devil made me do it for insurance He killed his wife and his child and blamed it on a brother And racist got fucked wild He had the media believing the Esau fable. And all the whites were like, I can't wait till they catch the bastard I hope they find him, they were sure that he did it There was no need to try him and Willie Bennett who was in it to win it got fast and harassed cause they were sure that he did it and the thing that really pissed me off and truly offended me is the suckers wanted to reinstate the death penalty for a brother man but not the other man and when they found out he killed to himself who on the other hand now it's inhumane bring it back they wouldn't dare but his brother confessed he was with it so give him the chair but that won't happen with that punk cock and Mickey Roach you better just watch for us I don't want to hear that you are sorry to me after Etorah they started a war up in the black community it's out of the news but it's still in my head Charles Stewart still lives even though the sucker's dead I'm a speak upon it
3: you know Charles Stewart is a you know one of those moments um, I think for you know for the US where we have to check ourselves on race right and the response was so violent and so visceral my pastor was strip searched on the side of the road, you know, in front of his family who was sitting in the car. And I don't think Boston has healed from that. I think what's happened in Boston is that 50% of the population moved here in the past 20 years. So you have this old Boston, which is Irish versus black. And that's what it is. And there's other whites, right? Like there's Italians, you know what I mean? There's Caribbean, there's other blacks, but it's like the seventies into Charles Stewart for the half of Boston that was here is this festering wound that is just completely ignored. You know, with the work I do now around culture, we talk a lot about, you know, Boston's brand and... At one point, someone was like, yeah, well, you know, Boston has a branding problem. And it's like, no, Boston has more than a branding problem. But a huge chunk of Boston isn't that old school racist Boston. And they're wondering why Boston feels so racist, right? Like, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was walking into. I had no idea about the hurt, the distrust, The real malice. A majority of my friends remember needing to run from their school to their bus having rocks thrown at them in Hyde Park. And a lot of my Irish friends talk back about that with tears in their eyes, you know, because they were the white kids being bussed, right? Like, they were fighting for no reason. It was like this setup. So we don't talk about it. We don't bring up... The past is how it's said, but it needs to be brought up, you know? And it needs to be blown open, and it needs to be talked about. And because we don't talk about it, I don't know if we're that far away from Charleston. Because I don't think we've done enough to recognize and to heal from it.
1: Cash rules everything around me.
4: We get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. Had second hands. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shallon Land. A young dude, you're rockin' the go-tooth. Low goose. Only way I begin to g was drug loop. Unless started like this, son. Bowlin with this one and that one. Pulling out gats for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. Started smoking wools at 16. And running up in gates and doing hits by high stakes. Making my way off fire skates. No question I was speed for cracks and weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question, I would flow off and try to get the door. On. Sticking up right, boys or war, boy. My life got no better. Same damn low sweater. Times is rough and tough like leather. Figured out I went the wrong route. So I got with a sick, tight click and went all out. Catching keys from cross seas. Rolling in MPVs every week. We made 40 G. Yo, bro, was respect mine. I ain't gonna take now. Bam, from the gate now. I cashed everything around
3: me. Something Wu-Tang. To see, you know, I mean, what are there, a million of them? Um, But to see these black men coming together, working together, being together. The space that they created was just really intriguing and beautiful. And I had never seen that. All different personalities, different... People with like hoodies and grime and snow and fire escapes. I just had never seen that part of America before. I did not understand at all the lifestyle. We had nothing like that in Hawaii. But I was very much drawn to this like family unit and this and this unification that I saw with them and and with what they were talking about and in such a way that had love to it, right? That had the love that that you have that gives you the hope to to do what they were doing. And I remember running into the kitchen and being like, mommy, why haven't we ever gone to Staten Island? (laughs) And because my mother's from Jersey and my dad's from Harlem. And my mother's like, because we will never go to Staten Island, honey. You know?
2: The king of the beat, you see him rocking that beat from across the street. And <laughs> beat street is a lesson too, because of you can't let the streets beat you. Uh. Well, a picture can express a thousand words to describe all the beauty of life you give. And if the world was yours to do over, I know you'd paint a better place to live where the colors would swirl and the boys and girls can grow in peace and harmony, and where murals stand on walls so grand as far. So your face that there'll never be one to take your place Cause each and every time you touch a spray paint can Michelangelo's soul controls your hands Then serenades of blue and red And the beauty of the rainbow fills your head Crescendo colors, playing tune, man Why oh why did you have to die so soon? Say it one, two, three, four And just let me know what you came here for And just clap your hands, everybody And let me know that I'm not alone And if you knew my man when he was alive screaming out to say remote
3: about hip hop and how it created me when I first met actually Harry Belafonte you know I knew he was the Muppets guy but I knew he had did Beach Street so when I met him I was working at this think tank and he was on the board of the think tank and he came in and he was like hello you know saying hi to everybody and I was like Beat Street, the king of the beat, rock the microphone like you can't be beat, uh huh And literally my boss was like, I'm sorry, Mr. Belafonte, she's fired, like trying to make a joke about how horrified he was. And he gave me this, huge Harry gave me this huge hug and he said, not very many people talk to me about Beat Street. And I was like, it was the best movie, like, oh my God, you know, and For my birthday, he gave me one of the original scripts and one of the original posters. What he loved about hip-hop outside of the storytelling, you know, and really I think that he saw in that hip-hop of that time a continuation of the civil rights movement, but was how they, in fact, persevered and and how they made music, right? And, And how they created... Such a beautiful art form. Um, And I do think that Wu Tang is probably one of the greatest in doing that.
1: It's been 22 long, hard years of still struggling. Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. I've been back to safe for the, the streets to stay awake to the ways of the world. Deep, a man with the dream, with plans to make dreams fail. I went to jail at the age of 15, a young buck selling drugs and stuff. Pacing, no one upstates my destination Handcuffed in back of a bus, 40 of us Life as it shorty shouldn't be so rough But as the world turned, I learned life was hell Living in the world no different from a cell Every day I skate from takes, giving chase, Selling bass, smoking bones in the staircase Though I don't know why I chose to smoke cess I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed But I'm still depressed And I ask, what's your work? Explain working hard may help you maintain to learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. You got stick up kids, come up, cops, and crack rocks, spray shots, all on the block that stays hot. Leave it up to me while I be living proof. To kick the truth to the young black youth. We saw these one around, smoking sex drinking beer. And ain't trying to hear what I'm kicking in his ear. Neglected for now, but Joe, It got to be accepted. That what? The life is hectic. Can when I started working. With Harry Belafonte,
3: which I was like 25 when I first started working with him, and then started full time when I was like 29. He got me on the path of nonviolence. And for me, it's what really helped me reduce my anger and like understand that while anger is an appropriate response, you know, like it's not like it's an invalid response, what it's not is a response that will get you to a positive impact. I think now, like, I work really hard to try to channel my anger. We were part of the organizers for the Oscar Grant response. And I flew down there New Year's Day, basically. And there were times where I had to really check myself and, like, dig really deep because I was very angry. And, and it's, you know, it's the same thing with Trayvon Martin. And, you know, it's the same thing with the South Side of Chicago. And it's the same thing with now, especially having a black president. It's like, I feel like what we were talking about back then. And, and you know, again, hip hop being our truth keepers or, you know, story keepers or, you know, how, however you want to say it. A lot of those questions, it's like, they're still here. Black men's lives need to become worth more in in this country. And that still makes me very, very angry. That anger is still very much under the surface for me. And and it's a struggle every day to walk and serve with love. And it's not that love is a struggle. I'm not trying to say that, but it's hard to continue to see in particular, you know, a group of people just be so constantly under attack, and if not under attack, ignored.
1: Yeah, but on a positive side, I think Obama provides hope and challenges minds of all racists and colors to erase the hate and try to love one another. So many political snakes, we in need of a break. I'm thinking I could trust this brother, but will he keep it way real? Every innocent nigga in jail gets out on the pill. When he wins, will he really care still? I feel.
3: It was wild, right? I mean, like Barack Obama coming on the scene, and especially at the time I was in DC. The first time I met him, he was a senator, and he was like, You know, my daughter's name's Malia, and I was like, I'm from Hawaii, I have a white mother. <laughs> as I said about the way I was raised, like you have the self confidence that you don't get if you're raised in the 48th state being raised as not a minority makes a huge hell of a difference. Even if you're the only black kid in the rich neighborhood, there's still something about the construct of race that does something to you. And so I do believe being raised in Hawaii and also by Having a white family that loves you very deeply and that you love very deeply gives you a different experience and allows you to actually, A, believe you can be president, which as we saw, like black people even had trouble with for a minute, right? And B, that you understand white people in a way that might not push them as much as I would like to see him push. The president knows how, you know, to talk to white people. It's funny because I often joke about how one of the reasons why I'm so empowered is because I call it getting my white woman on, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, please don't make me start being like my mother, you know, who's this Italian woman from New Jersey who is very expectant of her freedoms, you know, like she doesn't take to losing them very kindly. Right. And so... Being of mixed race, I wanted to see more from the president. You know, I, I wanted to see more for him to push the way you do within your family. When I'm sitting with my family and when they're saying things that Italians from New Jersey say, I find ways not to fight with them because you're not always trying to fight every day, right? But to point out to them that, that they should look at this a little differently.
1: Gotta do what we gotta do. We got no governors coming through to help anything we need. Done. We gotta do for self. New improved JFK on the way. in the '60s again. Niggas ain't hippies again. We ain't falling for the same trap. Standing on the balconies where they shot the king at. McCain got apologies. Ain't nobody hearing that. People need honesty. Though it seems been sick, we ain't ready to have a black president.
5: Though it seems having sick, we ain't ready to have a black president. <laughs>
3: child you know your first experience with your family is an experience in race relations right on both sides what I learned is how how real the separation is and how foolish the separation is right so it's like it's absolutely ridiculous but it's absolutely real but what you see is that if you actually stick people in a room together people will find commonality and start talking. And, you know, the first job that I did for Harry before I was working with him full-time, we did this listening tour, and we started off with, like, black kids, and then we did black, brown, and then we did black, brown, white. And when we went to Appalachia, our black and brown kids, I mean, their minds exploded because they had never seen Kentucky. You know what I mean? Like, Like, they didn't have an idea that there were states full of poor white people and one of our kids got really pissed and I was like hey what's up you know and he was like you're teaching this this stuff about nonviolence, and you know and how we're supposed to come together and this and that and he goes but look how they do their own people he's like look how George Bush does his own people he's like George Bush isn't going to help us if he's doing him like this and it was such a powerful moment right because it was like no, these are our people. No, George Bush's people are in Kenny Bunkport Maine. Right? Like, his people are running Halliburton. Like, these are our people. And it gave us a moment to be able to do that. And when we left, all of these young people understood the struggles of the coal mine. And they understood that there were these groups of white people that were as screwed as, as they are, right? And as we are. And I guess I'm saying that story because it reinforces my point that as real as people feel this construct is, it really can be deconstructed. Um, And you see that when you're of mixed race. You know, my mother wasn't allowed to get married in her church, but I spent every summer with my grandparents, right? You get over it when love's there
0: is for the middle class civil slash little man who's melting pots of riddle land and suffocates sink in sinking sand plans a fortune mass abortion feeling like a life contortionist orbit how we orbit check the check with less respect direct effect the less is that infected with this capitalist threat if life is death then which is fun smokers cough for liquor lung, tongue is taught to talk a walk this never seen but often thought caught in this american
2: nightmare we quite scared Tony Cage Show this young black boy no rage. James Baldwin, Gil Sky and Put them whiteys in their place Ella Baker, save the race Marsha P, we love you Don't just stand it, get right to it Come on folks, we need a movement
1: It's the soundtrack to Malcolm's by any means It's RVG, It's RBG It's RBG. is
3: Again. And and you know, and maybe it does just happen every 20 <laughs> years is, or you know, what whatever James it is, but right. we're here. in a different time. And I do think that we're going to start seeing societal changes from it. It's gonna be a different story, and I think it's gonna be told differently. And what I just hope is that somewhere we find that philosophical music again, you know, and, and we start giving people those anchors. I mean, the amount of people that weren't on the list that I picked, Nas, I mean, just like so many people that I feel like in certain ways gave us the reasons why we're feeling this way. And and I don't know if we're being told the reasons anymore, you know, and I think that folks are just now sort of standing amongst these broken promises, wondering why. Even within you know the success of Wu Tang, there was a collectivism there that we don't talk about now, you know, like th- there was something about a collective, and there were collectives back then, right? There was, and I don't see that same sort of like collectivism being reflected in culture, but I am seeing it in the streets, and I hope that that will soon become reflected in the culture. I'm saying to
4: start the
3: violence. My name is Nathan, and i for you. My name is Ronnie and I'm silly. My name's Makaya, I'm 10 years old. Stop the violence.
5: Hey. Dwayne, the rock on the track. Feel it. Today's Self-construction We all came together just to tell you something Guns in school ain't right to me You gotta be the piece you'd like to see See yourself free I use my mind beyond time to talk to the future Me, see yourself wealthy It's time to settle all these beasts man
3: When I was my Karis one, I said You're the reason why I'm an
5: activist
3: I think for me and my story about hip-hop goes hand in hand with activism and with discovering my flow and my passion, which is fighting against the injustices still here in, in America, in the United States, and throughout the world. And for me, hip hop was my entry point in this. I think that hip hop will end up being the encyclopedia for people in this country and outside of this country to understand the growth change that happened in reaction to the civil rights victory in this country. And I think hip-hop is important because it is a space for creation. It is one of the most successful innovations coming out of poor people it is it is the keeper of the society that that i grew up in and lastly i will say that it is important because it has created an interesting generation of wealth for our community that i hope we see do some radical stuff
1: you